Gator Nation and welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Albaverde, staff writer for the Lake City Reporter. I, I think Kyle just continue. I mean, he, he, he continue on the path that he's on. I think he, you know, hopefully uh, this week, he, you know, I think obviously everybody's seen within his preparation, he prepares the right way in, in getting into a game and he's going to be ready for that moment. I think the, you know, the biggest thing to build on is his experience, him being out there on the field uh, in every situation, you know, managing the clock, managing, the, you know, the play clock, uh, making sure we're getting right to all the right checks, being comfortable on how he's using cadence to his advantage uh, within his communication to the receivers and the offensive line, you know, and then and decision making, you know, when to, hey, when to, I'm going to take a sack, I'm going to throw this away, this play's not there, I'm not going to try to make something happen that's not there. All of those things that just, those are a lot of experience things. And so the more experience you get, the better you're going to be. That was Florida coach Dan Mullen discussing what he likes about New Gators quarterback Kyle Trask after his first career start Saturday in UF's 34-3 win over Tennessee. What's up, Florida fans? Welcome into the latest edition of Locked on Gators. On today's show, we're going to talk quarterbacks as Mullen gives us some further evaluation on the performances of Kyle Trask and Emory Jones. He also gives us an update on Felipe Franks, who had surgery Monday. And in the final segment, we'll bring you an interview with Amari Bernie and break down his big performance against the Vols. But let's start off this episode talking some more about Kyle Trask. He was very impressive in his first start, throwing for 293 yards, two touchdowns. He did have three turnovers in the game, but both he and Mullen didn't seem too concerned about those plays. The fumble, as we discussed yesterday, was him just trying to hold on to the ball too long. In this segment, you'll hear Trask talk about what he saw on those two interceptions. But outside of those three plays... Trask put together a really strong showing. He does a great job of hanging in the pocket, making his reads, and he throws one of the prettiest balls that you will see. And just watching him survey the field and execute Florida's passing game, I thought things looked crisper and smoother with him as the signal caller. The Gators have so much talent at receiver, and I think they're going to benefit from a guy in Trask who's going to be able to find them when they're open and get them the ball. He's not going to miss many plays in this offense. He's a really smart quarterback with a high football IQ, and he showed that on Saturday. Now, there are some areas of his game where you can see that he's a little green, there's some rust there, and he just doesn't have the experience of some of the other seasoned SEC quarterbacks. But for a guy who hasn't started in six years and has been playing in practice with a red jersey on, he reacted pretty well for his first time being in an SEC game like that and having live bullets coming at him. There are areas for him to clean up and improve on, but that's going to happen with the more reps and game experience that he gets. Here's what Trask had to say after he met with the media following his first career start. Um, really, the only thing that was different was you know the amount of reps I was getting. Obviously, I'm going to get more reps, but in my personal preparation process, nothing changed. You know, I'm always even um, the past few weeks. I'm always been preparing like I'm the starter. You know, always taking down notes on everything the coaches are saying, just being ready for when my number's called. Uh, it is pretty surreal, but, you know, like I said, I feel like I've done a great job of just staying focused and staying locked in on the task at hand. Was it emotional at all for you after so much time waiting? Did it kind of sink in at any point that you're the starting quarterback for the Gators? Yeah, a little bit, but, you know, I've, I've been waiting for, uh, for my number to get called, and I knew I was going to be ready when my time, you know, my, when my number was called. For me, you know, 
there's a little bit of nerves going into any game, just like anybody. But I mean, once you're like, because you've been preparing all week, you know the looks you're going to get, you feel confident. And really, once you put the helmet on and go out on the field, it's just it's go time. You're just locked in. You're not thinking about anything else. When you get on the field, like the crowd may be very loud, but once you're on the field and locked in, all you hear is silence and you're just focused on the task at hand. On the previous episode, we played you an exclusive interview with Mullen with a small group of reporters. So here are some additional comments from Mullen on what he thought about number 11, what he saw on the turnovers, and how his game can get better from here. Uh, I thought he played solid, you know what I mean? Even both both interceptions, I mean, uh, I mean, kind of threw in cover, but kind of threw to guys. It wasn't like he threw to a guy uh, that, you know, and hit a defender in the chest. I mean, he took a shot on two plays, gave receivers a chance. Kind of, you know, got, got to make good decisions into taking those chances. Uh, but I thought he really managed the game well. I thought he was sharp, good decisions all day long. Uh, the fumble, you know, that's just one. He's trying to hold the ball, hold the ball, hold the ball, hold the ball, make a play. Just, hey, you know, it's not there, burn it, play the next play. But, uh, you know, that comes, comes with experience. But overall, I thought he played really well. What, what stood out the most, I guess, about like the performance for him? Just the one quality well, you liked the best. You know, I thought he was relaxed. You know, you never know. I mean, he hasn't been in that situation before uh, in a long time. And, you know, I kind of was always joking with him, make sure you're having fun, right? While we're out there, you've prepared for this. You prepared the right way. Make sure you have fun, right? I told him, I said, well, you know, my normal deal. Like, if you're really nervous, we can fix the nervous problem. Go out there, throw a bunch of picks and play terrible. And you don't have to be nervous. You won't play anymore. Uh, <laughs> You can fix that problem. So you might as well relax and go have fun. And, you know, but I mean, but I think he prepared the right way. He's been preparing the right way. And so he got his opportunity. And now uh, it's kind of what I, what I would have expected, similar to what I expected last week. I wasn't shocked last week with his performance, and, and I'm not shocked with his performance this week. Uh, is it shocking that he hasn't started a game since he was 14 now? That's like kind of crazy whole deal, you know I mean? But he's had, a, he's had an interesting career. Um, but you know what? I, I give him a lot of credit for just preparing himself the right way, you know, and, and not be not worried about it, it, It's something I talk about all the time and maybe it's easier. I'm older and I'm a coach with like, oh, you're a head coach of Florida. So of course you say this. Worry about what's important. You know, worry about are you getting better? Are you prepared? Are you ready for the moment? Or am I better today than I was yesterday? Worry about the next play. The only play that matters is the next play. And, you know, don't worry about all like the other things, the what ifs, what if, what if, what if. Just worry about, are, am I prepared? And he did that, you know. And um, you know, I think he was from, you know, I didn't, I don't remember his high school career from what I know about. He was always ready, played a bunch, came in, made big plays. When he, when his call, number was called, he was ready to go. And he's done that since the day I got in here for us as well. Frank sent out a social media post late Monday night thanking everybody for the well wishes. He had surgery Monday on his fractured and dislocated ankle. And according to Mullen, everything went well. And we wish him a speedy recovery. Hope he gets back soon. And it's been awesome to see all the support that he's gotten from Gator Nation. A lot of folks have been impressed by the way Felipe carried himself this last week. Even though he was hurt, even though his season was over, he still came around in team meeting and practices all week. He was helping Kyle and Emory Jones get ready for the Tennessee game and was even out there on the field Saturday warming up with them. So he's continued to be a leader for this team, and Mullen talked about Franks on Monday. Felipe had his surgery this morning, went well. From the reports from all the doctors, everything went really well. Uh, so that's a really big positive. You know, I mean, it's, he's really been good. He's really tried to, you know, I mean, be as positive about it as he can be. Obviously, it's, you know... Uh, something he, he's a very emotional person and uh, and something that's when that happens to you but I think he's done a great job of saying hey uh, this is what it is and, and let's try to make the best out of the situation that I'm in 
Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Welcome back into the show. Saturday was also the most action that we've seen from Emory Jones in an SEC game, and you're going to continue to see more of number five moving forward. Dan Mullen plans to use both Trask and Emory Jones, and despite Jones' ability to be more of a run threat than Trask, so far the offense has stayed the same no matter which one of the quarterbacks is in the game. Mullen revealed after the Gators beat Tennessee that all the plays that he called for Emory Jones against the Vols were the same plays that he called for Kyle Trask except for one. There was one play that was different for Jones and I think that's interesting for a couple reasons. One, a lot of people expect that when Jones gets into the game, the Gators are going to have a different scheme. They are going to do some different things in the run game and that Jones may not be able to hit some of the plays in the passing game that Trask can. But at the end of the day, Dan Mullen has a system in place. He wants both of his quarterbacks, all of his quarterbacks, to be able to run it. And while he's going to play to the strengths of each signal caller when they're in the game, there's not going to be this drastic change from one to the other. And I think that that's important to point out. Another reason I think Mullen called the same plays for Jones that he did for Trask is because he could against the Volunteers. They simply weren't good enough on defense that Mullen had to mix it up and change calls for Jones. He was able to run the same things with him and have success. And I think that's going to be the case once again this weekend against Towson. Going against an FCS team, Mullen is not going to have to empty his playbook. The Gators should be able to get a big lead in this game with a vanilla game plan. Not have to show too much before their games against Auburn and LSU. And that's just the way Mullen plans it. He wants to be able to unveil some packages against the Tigers that they haven't seen before with Jones and with Trask as well. But I do love the way that Mullen is bringing along Jones little by little, giving him some series where he can have small pockets of success, and then building him for bigger opportunities down the road. Here's what Mullen had to say about his redshirt freshman quarterback and where he's at in his development. The threat of him with the ball in his hand is a, is a, 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 different, a little bit different threat. Not that... Um, not that he would run more than Kyle, but I think just, you know, I think he's a pretty dynamic runner uh, in that way. But I think more of it was not just Emory being in the game. I think a little bit more of it was uh, we played great defense. And the ability for us to play great defense allowed us to continue to be patient with the running game. You know, I, I don't think there was a time during the game where we abandoned the running game. Uh, and I think when that happened, as the game wore on, it just started to get – wear them down and all of a sudden the two three and four yard games became seven eight and nine yard gains and then the running game starts to click and I think it was the patience in that the fact that we had the lead and we were playing great defense allowed you to be patient with that and stick with it and then it finally started to kind of wear them down in the fourth quarter. Emory um, how did you kind of evaluate uh, him once you watched the film? I thought I did a really good job you know for him I mean the one thing I told him I just make sure you're with me so I'm ready to get you in there quick on uncertain looks and plays during the course of the game. Uh, the one thing I did, I talked to get both guys up before the game. I said, here's what I need. I need you got both guys. Make sure you're completely involved in the game and every call that's going on and everything that's happening. And then when you run on the field or run off the field, that's just your job and, and pay attention to what the next play is going to be and be able to talk about different things, you know. Um, and I thought, I thought both guys handled that really well. And I thought, you know, both guys graded champions for us. Uh, both guys graded out. And so uh, that was a real big positive for us moving forward. Another redshirt freshman who's showing up for the Gators is Richard Garage. In the last two games, he's gotten a lot more playing time on that offensive line. He's been checking into the game at left tackle and starting there with Stone Forsythe moving over to right tackle. 
and John DeLance coming out of the game. Now, they're still playing DeLance, but Garage is now in the rotation as well. He is one of the six offensive linemen that Dan Mullen and John Hevesy have trust in, feel like they can rely on, and are going to continue to roll into the game. Garage is a guy who was a top 100 recruit, an Under Armour All-American, and he chose to come to Florida over Clemson. So he was a big-time prospect for Florida, and in his second year, he appears to be tapping into his potential, and it's good timing for the Gators because they need some help on the offensive line. Here's what Mullen had to say about Garage's progress. Well, I definitely the, Richard Garage. He played as much as the other guys did on Saturday. I don't get into the starting. I get into the total number of reps. So that right now, we, there are six that we feel really good about, and you know we're still working on getting younger guys developed and ready to go. You know we'll see. I think uh, you know obviously you want you want that for depth and for purposes to be able to get through the year. Hopefully we're able to stay healthy. You know, and, and that those guys aren't forced onto the field to be ready to go. But there's you know there's a bunch of guys that are fighting for those spots to get out there. What led to the uh, uptick in snaps for Richard, and, and what did you see from him yesterday? I'm oh, well, you know, I mean, one was it was that of trying to create and make sure we have that depth on the offensive line. And there's times we want to get guys in. And I'm, you know, John and I are talking, we're not getting guys in enough. Uh, Richard's got flexibility. So, you know, Richard, you know, really – it gives you, you know, when you put, you put right now, you can put Richard on the field. You can actually create with those six guys, you can create several different combinations. So, you know, you can, one guy can replace four other guys, you know, and you, now he might not be able to go, he's not going to go play all four of those spots, but he can go replace those guys. And Richard's obviously done a, done a really good job, very talented young player um, for us that, that I think has a great future. And I mean, it's something we really wanted, I wanted to, to get him going, get him out there on the field and get him playing for us. Welcome back into the show. We've seen some early season contributions from some of the top members of Florida's 2018 class, Emory Jones, Jacob Copeland, Richard Garage, and now the latest, Amari Bernie. The sophomore linebacker slash defensive back was finally able to come off injury and suit up for the Gators, and he made his presence known on that defense, coming up with his first career interception, recovering a fumble, and showing exceptional cover skills for a linebacker. This is a player that I can't wait to watch this season now that he's healthy. And he was another big-time prospect for the Gators coming up the recruiting ranks. He was ranked as an athlete in high school, had the ability to play offense or defense. He had schools recruiting him for both sides of the ball. Ohio State was one of the programs that was really after him. But he wanted to play for the Gators, and he wanted it to be on the defensive side of the ball. He came in last season and played safety where he was projected to play coming out of high school. But he always had the frame and ability that it looked like he could grow into a linebacker. And that has finally come to fruition. You see Bernie starting alongside David Reese. And for a guy that used to play safety and still plays nickel in Florida scheme, he has some incredible cover skills for a linebacker, and he showed that against Tennessee. He's also not afraid to play in the box and be physical. He's everything that you would want in an outside linebacker, and now he's healthy and has the opportunity to show what he can do. I spoke with Bernie after the game about his performance against Tennessee and his return from injury. Well, it felt great, you know, just to contribute to my team. You know, been out a couple of weeks, and you know, just getting my feet wet and going back out there. And the coaches believing in me and putting me in position to make plays, and that's what I did. How tough was it to be dealing with an injury to start the season, not not be able to play? Uh, it was very tough, you know, especially going to the Kentucky game and couldn't get out there. You know, just watching my teammates, you know, do their thing out there and come out with the win. It's very tough to sit on the sideline, but you know, you got to be a good teammate and just get everybody ready. And then when it's your chance, go out there. And make plays. Did you know going into this week that you were going to be able to play? 
was your preparation with that in mind? Uh, yes, I knew going into this week I was, being, I was going to be ready to play, you know, just in practice and everything, you know, just trying to get my body right for Saturday and, you know, came out here and played. And did my, what did you think about? What was going through your head during that fumble recovery? Uh, just get to the ball, you know, coach hop on that, you know, no loafing. You got to get to the ball. And <laughs> they jumped on it and I was just running to the ball and I seen it pop out. And it was like, just get the ball. Don't try to scoop, just fall on it. And so the offense go out there and drive down the field and score. You like you didn't have much rust today. Nah, <laughs> no rust. I mean, I made a couple of mistakes out there, you know, plays I could have made that I missed. But, you know, just going back to the field room and watching it over and, you know, next week I'll get it right. What did you do? You think about your performance just coming off those weeks where you didn't play? I thought it was okay. I'm not going to, you know, hype myself up or toot my own horn, but I know I can do better out there than what I showed today. But, you know, the coach is going to get me right and get me in the film room and just tell me everything I messed up on and I can correct it. What happened on the interception? What did you see on that play to be able to come up with that grab? Uh, Marco, you know, he made a great play. I'm going to give that all to Marco. You know, he came out there, hit the ball up, and, you know, the ball's in there, and they say, see ball, get ball. So I dove for it and got it. How often do you practice the tip ball? Uh, probably every day. It's mainly the safeties, though. You know, we do a drill with tilt balls. But we really don't dive for it. You just tip it up and you got to catch it. But when you see the ball in there, you got to dive for it just to make a play. So during training camp and then even the season, how many different positions have you repped at in practice? Uh, just two, money and star, which is basically the same thing. But this week, I rep all star. And then, you know, with injuries and things like that, just somebody going down or somebody, you know, getting banged up a little bit. You got to go out there and fill another position, which I was ready to do. So thanks to the coaches. How do you feel about interchanging between those two spots? I just do whatever's best for the team. You know, before the job, I talk to Coach Grantham, ask him, you know, what he want me at. He just tell me, and I just try to make plays for them. How do you, how do you feel about where the team is at now? Just jump, jumped out the start, still undefeated. I, I feel good about it, but it's more things that we got to do and teams we got to beat. So we just got to go out there every week and play to our ability, you know, just play to the Gator standard. What are some of the big things that you guys have been emphasizing in practice with Grantham that he feels like you guys have needed to work on? Uh, just getting to the ball. I mean, making tackles, uh, the little things, you know, standing gaps, not trying to make the big play, um, do, your, do your job and things like that. So we're just trying to get to the ball mainly. And, you know, if everybody gets to the ball, then missed tackles will be on lower down. Some more scheduling news this week as Florida has added another home-and-home home series. After setting up matchups with Texas, Colorado, and Miami, the Gators are now bolstering their out-of-conference schedule with a home-and-home matchup against Utah. That is set to take place 2022-2023. Florida will go to Utah first, and then the Gators travel to Salt Lake City the following year. And this is a really intriguing matchup for the program. You're talking about a Utah team that's in the Pac-12, has been respected nationally since the Urban Meyer years, and is currently a top 25 program. And also the potential coaching connection if Mullen and Kyle Whittingham are still at both of their respective schools. Whittingham took over for Meyer at Utah after he left for Florida. So he and Mullen both worked together on the same staff at Utah. Mullen was the offensive coordinator. Whittingham was a defensive coordinator. So it'll be cool to see them get matched up because they have some history together. Florida and Utah really don't have any history together. They played just one time in 1977. It was UF's homecoming game. And they won that contest 38-29 to in Gainesville. And some recruiting news over the past couple days as Florida has landed a pair of pledges. They get a punter for the 2020 class, Jeremy Crawshaw from Australia, and also land a 2020 commit. And also land a 2021 commit, Dunbar defensive end Christopher Thomas. He chooses the Gators over Texas A&M and Florida State. So a nice get there for D-line coach David Turner. That'll do it for the latest edition of Locked On Gators. 
On today's show, we discuss how Kyle Trask performed against Tennessee and how he can improve from his first career start. In the second segment, we looked at the emergence of redshirt freshman Emory Jones and Richard Garage. In the final segment, we discussed the return of Amari Bernie and the impact that it can have on Florida's defense. On tomorrow's show, we're going to bring you an interview with top Florida target Trevante Rucker, as well as my conversation with Kyle Pitts and Jonathan Greenard. Make sure you stay tuned to Locked On Gators, your team every day. 